0: And welcome to the History Extra podcast from BBC History Magazine, Britain's best-selling history magazine.
3: Hello and welcome to History's Greatest Mysteries. I'm Rob Attar, the editor of BBC History Magazine. This is the final episode of this series and it focuses on one of the most perplexing events from medieval Europe. On several occasions from the 14th to 16th centuries, groups of people, for no obvious reason, began to dance in an uncontrollable fashion. These dancing plagues could last for weeks on end and even led to the deaths of the exhausted participants. To explore what might have caused this unusual behaviour, I spoke to the medieval historian, author and podcaster, Helen Carr. So Helen... Where and when was the first recorded instance of this medieval dancing plague?
0: So the first time this uh, appears, to my knowledge, um, is around 1360 to the middle of the 14th century in Lausitz, which is a historic area between Germany and Poland. And in this case, it was largely women and girls that were described to be behaving strangely they were described to be flailing and dancing and and throwing themselves around and and sort of acting inappropriately and it was really every few years from thereafter and you know even a century after that that these episodes kept reappearing and were
3: they reappearing in the same place, or were they happening throughout Europe?
0: Yeah, they were appearing roughly in the same place. So the next one, which the moat we have the most information about in 1374, was um, in the Rhine and Aachen, which is again is is, is Germany. And it, again in then 1518, it was in Strasbourg. Um, another episode in the Rhine as well in the 1400s. So. It really does seem to be within the Germany region that they kept appearing and, and to my knowledge I've not found anything that has attributed any of these these plagues in England or um or the British Isles or anywhere at all like that.
3: Do we think that there may have been other instances that just weren't recorded. Do we or do you think that we actually probably know about all the main instances of this happening?
0: I th- I'm sure there were other instances of this being recorded because I think something that we'll, we'll probably go on to later is is what we think that the the cause might have been. and I think that you know that wasn't um, that wasn't attributed only to to Germany and the people living on the banks of of the Rhine. I think that would have been um, it would have been the case for people you know, not only um, in Europe but all over the world.
3: So you mentioned that in the first occasion that this took place, it was predominantly women and girls who were doing this dance. Did that stay the same in the later examples?
0: Yes, it seems to be. There are more references to women acting strangely. And in the 1360 case, examples of women and girls crowding around statues of the Virgin. But later on, there were definitely cases of, of men getting involved within these dances as well as women, very much so. But I think initially it seems to be largely women that are targeted, but then that could be because this is coming from some of the chronicle accounts and chronicles are largely written by clerics who are therefore uh, biased towards women. They tend to treat women with some sense of suspicion. So it could be that there were there were in fact more men involved, but they just weren't as discussed or it wasn't as clear in those early chronicle accounts. So,
3: we've been calling this, or I've been calling this, uh, a dancing plague, mm. but what exactly was the nature of the movements they were doing? This wasn't traditional dancing as we understand it. Yeah.
0: No, and I should probably mention, though, you know, there are a handful of different names that this falls under, and it is effectively, as we call it, a dancing plague now. But um, it's also called St. John's Dance because dancers were said to surround themselves around the shrines of the Baptist. Um, It's also called St. Vetus's Dance, who was a saint who celebrated through dance. It was called that in more of the 19th century. And it's also been called Coromania. So there are uh, different um, names for this. Um, for this very strange type of plague that people might have, have heard of. But it's not really got anything, um, any, you know, exact exact name that we've managed to pin it down to. So a dancing plague is pretty um, specific. But there are various different um, accounts of what was happening to the people who were, in effect, you know, dancing. Would, would we call it dancing, not dancing that we might think of today? It wasn't sort of dancing in merriment. It was more of this sort of flailing of limbs. It was this Uncontrollable bodily urge, convulsions, twitching, you know, throwing each of themselves around, writhing on the floor, and writhing. You know, one of the chronic accounts describes someone writhing on their belly, throwing themselves around the place and weeping uncontrollably. It's just almost like a complete loss of any sense of physical control. That's what this seems to have, have been by all accounts. And You know, there are some that um, describe... So two consecutive accounts describe people foaming at the mouth, so from 1374, and then another account from um, a century later describes this sense of of, of foaming around the mouth.
3: And am I right to say that this could go on for quite a long time to the extent that some of these people's lives were put in danger by the dancing?
0: Yeah, in 1374, I mean, this went on. The dancers actually travelled, so they became quite itinerant, and they were moving around... Germany and they're moving from place to place um and this lasted up to about 16 weeks you know i i would be surprised if people who who began the dance lasted that long because some people danced until they literally died until they dropped because they weren't eating or drinking they had lost any kind of connection between mind and body so it's it was Uh, an epidemic in a sense that it spread from person to person. And in this case, it spread throughout a series of months um, across the country.
3: So how did the people around them, the communities around them, respond to these dancers?
0: So we have to remember in this period that people's existence was controlled and dictated by church doctrine. And that's what people's understanding was of the way that that they lived their everyday lives, including um, any kind of physical health. So, if a body was, if somebody's body was, you know, in seemingly out of control, the initial um, suspicion was that it was it was consumed somehow by evil spirits or the devil, or this person needed to be purged in some way of 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 some kind of sinful spirit or being that's within them. It's almost like demonic kind of attitude. So that was the that was the initial response. I think people feared feared the dancers. I think they couldn't understand it. I mean, as you can probably imagine, like if you have a if you have a party of people dancing, you know, near to your to your home or through your town or your village and they are acting in this way, that would be, that would be terrifying. But also I think obviously some people joined in as they moved through. So it's I mean, it's difficult to say because so much of this has not been understood or worked out, it is still very much a mystery (laughs) as to what this was all about. We can only sort of suppose what the responses were and suppose what the realities of the situation were.
3: And were there any instances of these dancers being punished or... Um, hurt in any way by the people around them.
0: Yeah, and I mentioned just a minute ago, there's this the, the idea of them being them being purged. And I think that, that was that was clear. So in 1374, people were literally purged. So people were made to vomit, people were forced to drink holy water. People were pinned down and whipped. So, you know, it's almost like literally having the sense beaten into them. It was really quite, it was quite brutal. The the church inflicted a sort of mass purging, um, I suppose, a kind of exorcism of these people in the suspicion that that it was the devil or some kind of sinful spirit that had taken over their bodies.
3: And then trying to look at some of the possible explanations for this dancing plague, what did people at the
0: time, think was the cause of it? Well, at the time, they very much thought that it was a case of the devil and um, some kind of evil spirit, some demonic force that had taken over people. That was... Very much what the, the suspicion was, whether you know whether that was confirmed or not during the time is is another matter. But I I don't think that that was confirmed. It was very much what people suspected and and feared. So you know the answer was the church and um, was the priests. Um, the priests were the were the ones who were taking it upon themselves to save these souls from whatever sinful spirit or or devil type spirit had taken over their bodies um whether that was something that that everybody thought i'm not i'm really not sure to be honest but it was certainly it was certainly the case that this came down to to religion rather than any kind of medical theory
3: but in more recent times what alternatives have been suggested by historians
0: well i think one of the really interesting ones which um I don't think I agree with, but has been suggested, was the um, ergot theory. So um, this people will be familiar with from following the Salem witch trials in 1692. And if people remember correctly, it's quite famous, the girls who were accusing their contemporaries of being witches claimed to have visions and claimed to have seen these these people practicing witchcraft and you know their experiences were incredibly vivid and believable this wasn't sort of a, a finger pointing exercise i think that um you know they really believed there were witches within within their community and they were acting in um evil ways and the theory behind this is that some of these people in Salem had been ingesting ergot, which is a type of mould that grows on wheat. And the idea is that that is supposed to give somebody hallucinogenic visions. And so that that might be, you know, what happened in Salem. And some people have attributed that to the, to the Coromania. Another theory in the 19th century was Sydenham's Coria, which is a disease that's that is contracted in childhood, which is like a bacterial infection. And that causes twitching and a lack of limb control in adults. So, you know, moving around, um, jerking motions, falling to the ground, that sort of thing. So that was a theory in the 19th century as to what this might be. But more recently, which I think is probably the most reasonable explanation for this, as far as we can go with um, supposition, is mass psychogenic illness, which is it's a type of PTSD, um, and it's induced by extreme stress, and it is effectively communities. It could be a small group of people, it could be a large group of people. They lose control of their senses effectively. And symptoms like twitching, moving, jerking uncontrollably, manically laughing, weeping hysterically. These are all symptoms of mass psychogenic illness.
2: We don't always realise just how much our negative thoughts and experiences stick with us and weigh us down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mum does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting...
3: And what kind of stresses were these communities under at the time that might have
0: explained this? Mm. Well, what I think is interesting is you know, as as far as as far as we know, these episodes of Coromania seem to have happened around the Rhine kind of region. and, um, in the mid- Middle Ages, in the medieval period, certainly in the 14th century, the Rhine River often burst its banks, and it was um, the lo- localities suffered from extreme flooding. So you're talking about um, loss of crops, disease, and famine as a result. So people in the Middle Ages in Germany were really suffering as a product of their environment. And then you add things like plague into into the mix here, and this is pretty. Inhospitable conditions to live in, and in, induced a lot of stress and trauma, and loss of lives and starvation. So that could have been that could have been a reason for these outbreaks of mass psychogenic illness, you know, and and the and the the dancing through the streets that we that we hear about here. And I think if you think about you know the Black Death and the impact that that had on the people within the Middle Ages, especially in the, in the 14th century and, and throughout recurrent outbreaks of the Black Death, you can understand why people were living in a period of post-traumatic stress. And I think that there might be some kind of correlation with the Black Death and the, the reaction to the Black Death and also the reaction to this sort of the, the environment that, pe- that, that people were living in in this period.
3: And would would this explanation help to explain the timing of when this dancing plagues begin to come to an end?
0: Well, the thing is, there is another episode in the 16th century, and we know a little bit more about this in that we have a couple of names. So this started with a woman called Frau Toffia in Strasbourg, and she apparently danced through the streets and accumulated a crowd of around... 400 fellow dancers and we do know that um recurrent outbreaks of plague happened all the way through into the into the 16th century and of, and of course there was the you know the great plague in 1665 in the 17th century but there, it was teetering off by this point so it's not necessarily you know can we put it down to the black death or the the bubonic plague i think it's more the stressful climate in which people were living in it was you know it was a survival of the fittest and it was or not even a survival of the fittest even the fittest were were struck down by various famine plague or war it was just an incredibly inhospitable environment to be living in and the difficulties of living within the middle ages you know i often get asked what period would you like to go back to in history would you like to go back to the middle ages and i'm always like absolutely not because it is possibly one of the worst times to actually have to have to live as a as a layman so I think that the best way of looking at it, though, is to try and understand this, because as I said, it is very much still a mystery, the way that people responded to the Black Death. So people thought that they were being targeted by plague and the Black Death for living for living. Sinful lives and they were effectively being punished by God in some way. So which led to, um, you know, processions of flagellants moving through the streets. That was quite a, a common occurrence in the wake of the Black Death. So these are people sort of beating themselves in procession. And I think that there is, you know, there is some correlation between that sort of activity and these dancing plagues. It's, it's a direct response to trauma, whether, you know, whether one is in control of their body and coherent or whether one is not it seems to be a response to a traumatic environment and traumatic events like plague, like like famine, um, extreme weather conditions, you know, the destruction of property, the loss of many, many lives.
3: And do you think there's any evidence that might come to light that would help us to get to the bottom of this mystery?
0: I don't know. I mean, the only thing that we might be able to get hold of is if there is any administrative accounts relating to to this I don't believe there is anything with with court records I don't really know to be honest Rob (laughs) I think it is just such a mystery it's one of those things it's you know it's written into the chronicles it's a purported uh series of events but we don't really know why it happened so I don't really know if we could get to the bottom of it. I think the closest that we could get to is, is this landing on the, on the mental health aspect, which of course is something that is being given far more attention now than it, than it has previously. We haven't really addressed sort of the you know the mental impact of these events on people um, of the past before. And you know, really only in the last, I't know half century have we really started to sort of turn our attention to that. So I personally think the mass psychogenic illness seems to be the most reasonable explanation. But I don't think we'll ever know exactly what that meant because we couldn't have experienced it.
3: And then just to take the story a little bit broader, Mm. what light do you think this episode sheds on medieval European
0: society? I think it demonstrates how impossibly difficult it was to live in the medieval world if you had... If you had little money, if you had little you know class that were, was protecting you, it was, you know it was still very much in a in a class system. Um, if you were of, of peasant class or or, or serf class or if you were even of merchant or yeoman of yeoman stock, I think you were susceptible to so much around you that was out out of your control, environmental disaster. being being one. I mean, if you think about the beginning of the the 14th century, there was the mini ice age, which resulted in a massive famine. Um, And actually, you know, we think about the Black Death, but an extraordinary amount of people in England died as a result of this famine. It was an incredibly difficult time to live. I mean, even even the gentry classes, even the the royalty suffered during this period as well. You know, nobody was protected. So I think I think the responses to these sorts of disasters that seem to hit people as wave after wave after wave um, are particularly interested. And that's something I'm really interested in is that sort of emotional response, the, the mental response. You know, How did people cope when their environment was so cruel?
3: Do you think there are modern equivalences of this dancing plague, or is it very much a medieval phenomenon?
0: I don't think anything is is of its age when we're talking about emotional or mental responses I think everything you know it has to be taken within within its context you know we're not going to see people whipping themselves you know down Regent Street for believing they are being punished by god and that's why we've all been you know hit by covid-19 however I think there are certain responses I think that there are Demonstrations. I think there are certainly mental and emotional responses. We're talking much more at the moment about the mental health impact as a result of COVID 19, of, of being shut up in our homes and how people have responded to that. So I think that when, as a population, when we are struck with something that is completely out of our control, there is going to be some kind of ment- collective mental impact that that has.
3: Um, okay, Helen, I think I've asked you all the main things I was going to bring up. Is there anything else really important that we didn't discuss, do you think?
0: I'm interested in the way that the, the people moved through, and especially in this 1374 epidemic, the way people moved through Germany. So they went from Aachen um, and, an, and then they went through Trier, where in a forest there was said to have been a mass orgy, where something like over 100 conceptions took place in this one in this one frenzy. Um, And then they travelled on to Cologne with a party of about 500 people. And this is all part of this 16-week extravaganza. And I think that something that I find fascinating is just how out of control this whole episode must have been. I mean, this is really quite a significant number of people who are moving through the country and demonstrating extreme emotions, some extreme movements. I don't think there's anything that we could really, go back to your, your question, I don't think there's anything we could really relate that to now. And that's why it's such a fascinating mystery to me as to sort of what it was exactly that induced this. And in some ways, can we ever really understand what it was about? What You know, because we don't have to suffer the conditions that these people had to suffer then. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by Ben Hewitt, Jack Bateman and Brittany Colley.